0: Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause, where we talk about this time of life, mind, body, and spirit. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen. Each week, I'm joined by top professionals dropping their tips and advice. Remember, episodes drop every Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a beat. And if you like this podcast, please rate and review it. Thank you, because this helps others to find the show. You can check out our website, Find out which episodes are coming up and get the latest blog and advice by going to my website, thrivethroughmenopause.com and get ready to thrive, not just survive, through perimenopause and beyond. Welcome to another episode of Thriving Through Menopause. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen, and today... We're really going to focus on, I think, a more natural approach to menopause. And I'm very excited to be joined by Vanessa Nixon. Welcome, Vanessa.
1: Thank you so much. I'm really delighted to be here with you today.
0: Yes, and Vanessa is a naturopath, and she's also the CEO of a natural cosmetics company, Natural Look Mineral Makeup. And she's a professional belly dancer. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to talking much more about all of those things. But uh Vanessa, you mentioned when we were sort of a little bit of the preamble here that um your life really powerfully changed when you turned 50. I'd love you for you to share with the listeners a little bit about that.
1: Oh, thank you for asking. Yes. Uh so my story mirrors a lot of other women's stories. Um, I have found a lot of my clients as well. There, is, there seems to be this um, period of time around the age of 50, around the time when women are going through midlife and you know, perhaps menopause, when a lot of things shift not only internally with your hormones and things that are changing in your body, but also externally. So for me, what that looked like was that in a, about an 18 month period, I went through menopause. I got divorced. I moved to a new city. I uh, bought my uh, first house on my own. I, um, I helped two of my daughters move out um, on their own, and I restarted my career. So all of these things. Oh, and then I also started then uh, dating for the basically the first time um, as a, a you know fifty-one-year-old menopausal woman. <laughs> um, so all of these things happened. At the same time. Uh, and it was a lot. It was very intense. And even yeah. though I came into this period of my life, having had the previous three decades of working on my health, you know, studying health, working with clients, and really, um, really understanding the human body and how to create health and wellness naturally. This whole uh, part of my life, this whole phase really took me by surprise. And, you know, I had to really take some time. It was several months into, um, you know, having changes with my menstrual cycle and changes with my, um, you know, emotional intensity before I realized, oh, I'm perimenopausal. I should know these things. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And so... Two of the things that really helped me through this phase of my life were, number one, having come into this phase already having optimal levels of health and already having a natural toolkit that I felt confident in using, knowing how to use, um, and having experience with. And number two, I had cultivated a... um, a really supportive network of friends and family, other women who really loved me, supported me, wanted the best for me that I could turn to for support during this time. And those two things were really critical for me to be able to navigate this phase of life, feeling healthy, feeling vital um, you know, maintaining my sanity <laughs> and being able to, <laughs> to move forward, feeling like, you know, I have a lot to offer at this time in my life. And yeah. what I find is that a lot of my clients, a lot of people around me, a lot of other women that I know don't have those things going into perimenopause and menopause. Um, and they really struggle. They, yes. they really feel like, um, a a lot of their health challenges are stopping them from, from moving forward, from doing the things that they really want to do and creating the things they really want want to create and, and put out in the world at this time. And so that's why I decided that I really wanted to focus on supporting women through this transition because it is so powerful for women and there are so many opportunities. And I really want to see women thriving in this in this phase, in this chapter of their lives.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that you had those three really strong pillars that you mentioned. And, and you're right. So many women have compromised health and they're really quite alone and juggling a lot. And then it becomes much harder and you're right that that is the norm um Mm -hmm. and I mean you talk a lot about taking ownership of your health what does that mean for you in this time of life and for the women you work with
1: yeah you know that's something that I think is I could probably say this is one of my deepest intentions that I have for my clients and just women in general because I think that, especially in our male-dominated society, um, we have been conditioned to give away our power, especially around our health. Yeah. And in generations past, you know, hundreds of years ago, when our, um, our communities were more village-like, more, more tribal-like, um, women held um, a special place of power, especially around health. You know, women were often the healers, the midwives. Uh, the women were the ones who harvested the herbs, who collected the medicine, and knew which plants, which foods were were good for health and good for mm-hmm. any you know health conditions that came up, and. I think that even though a lot of those traditions have been lost over the years and the generations,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I believe we still have that innate wisdom. I believe that we still have that ancestral memory, that ancestral wisdom, that intuition that we can tap into Mm -hmm. that can lead us to, you know, either the right course of study or the right um, support, the right healthcare practitioners, um, or the right modality that is best for us, yeah. and so when we tap into our inner wisdom, and when we decide that we want to be in control of our own health, when we want to take back ownership, I think there's something really potent in that. I think that there's something really powerful in women taking taking ownership of their own health for themselves and for their families, and stepping back into that wisdom that we hold as, as wise women, especially at this time of our lives. We have so many experiences to draw from. We have so much wisdom we've gained and we have yes. so many gifts to give. And if we can really stand in ownership of those things, then I think that um, that we have a really clear way forward with our health and wellness. And we have the tools. And we just need the support to be able to feel confident using those tools.
0: I really like that because um, it's the sense that it is there inside us, isn't it? We actually have inner wisdom. We don't need to pull it from somewhere. We need to learn to tap into it. But I think, and I may, you may see that too, that a lot of women have, as you said, given away the power over their health, and are quite lost at this time because of that, and are looking for solutions from the outside that can be a quick fix. I don't know your view on on that, Vanessa. Too.
1: Right, right. I think that the. You know, the term quick fix, I think, can go a couple of different ways. (laughs) Um, Sometimes if we really do, if we're able to step into our power, if we're able to connect to our inner healer, our intuition, a lot of things can be a quick fix. You know, sometimes it can just be a matter of, you know, looking at our diet and realizing, hey, I've been eating a lot of sugar. Or I've been eating a lot of processed food lately and these symptoms are connected or, you know, really looking back and saying, you know what, I need to journal my cycle because, yes. you know, things, things are, are a little bit different right now and things are coming up. And, you know, some, sometimes when we do take ownership, things can be um, much more simple than we think when it comes to reducing yes. some symptoms we might be having or eliminating. But I think in our society, in our culture, um, the way our medical establishment has conditioned us, we want the that silver bullet. We want that quick fix of saying, yes. oh, just let me take a pill. I don't want to have to go through changing my life. I don't want to change my lifestyle. I don't want to I don't want to take ownership. I want to look to somebody else Mm. to tell me what to do. And I just want to do (laughs) it. I want to take a pill. I want to do something easy, have a quick fix and then have everything be better. And as a, as a traditional naturopath, um, I truly believe that that over time only leads to um, worse and worse symptoms, you know, if we because it's just a band-aid and it might be relieving some symptoms, but it doesn't get down to the root cause of the problem to begin with. And so that's why I love to help women to really tap into their intuition and to um, to help them to cultivate their own natural toolkit so that they can really start making these connections between. The symptoms that they're having and what they are doing in their lives as far as nutrition, as far as lifestyle, as far as sleep, and their connection with nature and their stress levels. And all of these things are things that they can they have control over. You have control to a certain extent over what foods you put in your body, what products you put on your body. Um, yes. You know, how you are going to um, create a sleep environment to help you to relax and sleep better and, um, you know, how you can um, address your relationships with the people in your your life and the way that you move your body and how often you move your body. And, you know, so there's so many things that we really can take ownership over that can make a tremendous difference in our quality of life and in our health and wellness.
0: Yes, totally. I love that. And I think what you describe there, Vanessa, is how multifaceted that whole approach is. And when you compare that with the allopathic approach, if we like, that tends to be symptom, fix it one solution often doesn't quite work, and then we just tweak it and carry on. Whereas this feels like this is all aspects of your life because if I hear you right, we're talking about diet, we're talking about movement, we're talking about listening to our, our own selves, if I'm right. Yes? Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. And that's I think that is really key is to honour all of the different facets of who we are as women, and to understand that that all of those layers, all of those levels of our being are important and they impact our health and wellness on the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual level. And if we are not addressing all of those levels, um, then we're missing something. And if we can, if we can expand our mindset and um, and really make sure that we are in balance on each of those levels, then we can find a level of health that maybe we've never even had before in our lives. We can really elevate our, 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 um, our feeling of, of aliveness and vitality and vibrancy and, Mm -hmm. and also just our energy and confidence in, what we want to create, you know, when, in this phase of life, in, in generations past, we've kind of been conditioned to believe that, you know, life is over at menopause, you know, your body's (laughs) going to break down, you know, nobody wants to hire you anymore. And your children have left home if you had children and, you know, you're just preparing for the end of your life. But Now we know that is absolutely not true. And this is just the beginning. This is our second spring, as they say in traditional Chinese medicine. You know, this is the beginning, the rebirth of the second phase of our life. And we have, you know, we've only gone through half of our lives, maybe not even that now that our, Mm. you know, the lifespan is continuing, especially for women, to um, you know, grow longer and longer. And I just read some statistics about this, that um, that in the next few decades, um, scientists are expecting the uh, centenarian population, the the population of people yes. who um, live over 100 years to grow eightfold in the next few decades. And 80% of centenarians are women. So they we are. can... Yes. Um, you know, realistically be expecting to live to a hundred years old or more. And so, you know, we really have a, a whole new life ahead of us. And there are so many opportunities for us here. You know, the first part of our lives, we're often really focused on other people. We're focused on, you know, maybe starting families and taking care of children and focused on our career and maybe on a spouse, um, maybe taking care of elderly parents and, you know, in these, um, you know, this next half of our lifetime for some women it's the first time they've ever had the chance to really focus on themselves and who they are, who they want to be and, um, what they want to bring into the world, you know, what they want to birth at this phase of life. And so yes, I think there's, a little, there's so much power there. There's so many opportunities. There's so many gifts. And I really um, love helping women to reframe this time of life as their most powerful, as their healthiest and most impactful time of their lives, because I really think it can be.
0: Yeah, in, I, I agree. Well, someone in their 60s, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's really then becomes a true reframing. Of what menopause is. And that is beginning to emerge as something incredibly different. But a lot of women are still holding on to the stereotypes um, mm-hmm. that this is the end, not the beginning. How do you, Vanessa, work with women to help them reframe that concept?
1: That's a great question. Um, and one of one of the ways is just acknowledging it. You know, a lot of times, because in our culture we don't talk about menopause, it is still kind of a taboo subject. And in the last ten years or so, it's starting to be talked about. And I love the fact that we are seeing more conversation about it. But as so many women really. Um, still think of it as a taboo subject and they don't even talk to their friends about it. They don't know anything about menopause and when they start having symptoms, they don't know what's going on. Um, And so just talking about it, just opening up the conversation Mm -hmm. and letting letting women know that there is another way to think about this, Um, that there are, are other ways to view menopause than the way we've been conditioned to think about it. And for a lot of women, just that acknowledgement, just being open about it, just talking about it as a natural, normal phase of life that we're all supposed to go through, and that it the the things we experience, um, all of these shifts and changes, and you know some of the things that I talked about that I went through, which we could view as very negative or very challenging, we can expand our mind and actually look at those as opportunities, like, you know, what, what are the opportunities in these changes that are happening? Mm. And when we reframe it that way, a lot of times that's all women need is just the, to, be, to be given that space, to, to, um, to look at it in, in a positive yes. way. And to understand it's it's really a natural process that's happening for us. It's not just happening to us. It's happening for us so that we can expand yeah. and have more opportunities and bring more creativity into our lives. Um, and then the other thing that I find is really important and can really help women and has helped a lot of my clients is to... Um, is to address how they are being mindful in their lives, you know, to bring forms of meditation that um, resonate with them into their daily lives so that they can really start being present. Because as I had mentioned, you know, um, before this time in their lives, a lot of times they're just so outwardly focused and we're taking care of other people. And so this can be a really critical piece in reframing our mindsets to you know start taking time for yourself you know start a a daily practice of self love yeah. and self care and really being in the moment and going within tapping into your intuition finding out what you need to thrive right now in this moment and when I talk about meditation, a lot of times people say, well, you know, I already have a meditation practice, or I don't have time for a meditation practice. And <laughs> so one of the things I love is to expand our view of what meditation is, because it doesn't have to take a lot of time. It can, it can just take moments, you know, just a minute of um, being still you know, listening to the sounds around you, the birds cheeping, the, you know, feeling the sun on your body, um, you know, petting the cat on your lap and making a connection or, you know, walking your dog. Or for me, as a dancer, you know, taking just a few minute breaks throughout my day to just get up, move my body, listen to music that really touches me. And allowing my body to just move in whatever way it wants to move, and trusting my body to know that that's what it needs in the moment. Um, you know, all of these things. You know, going into your backyard and tending to your garden. You know, all of these little things can be moments if we, um, if we take the intention. You know, if we make the intention yes. to make this our meditation to be mindful, to be present in the things that we do in our everyday lives. And and then I like to take it a step further and make rituals out of these things oh. so that we feel yes. really luscious and nourishing and we look forward to them every day instead of dreading like, oh, this is one more thing I have to put into my daily schedule. We make really wonderful um, you know, maybe we light a candle or we maybe we use some aromatherapy diffused into the room as mm-hmm. we're dancing or listening to music. Or, you know, do something that just is just for you, that feels really loving and nurturing and make a ritual out of it so that we look forward to, to doing these things every day. Those are some of the things I love That's to fun. help women with to, to really reframe this as this is your time. This is your oh, time yeah. to really step into your power.
0: And I love that because that's also small things, little small things. And a ritual is fun. If there's <laughs> joy that. in that <laughs> as well as intention. And I think that you're right. I mean, I'm a mindfulness teacher, and um, meditation teacher. And, and I agree. People say, oh, I don't have time. And they don't realize that it can either be, as you said, very short, a minute here or there, or it can actually be a little joyful event that you create and i think people have got into possibly the mindset of thinking oh i i'm, I'm going to put on I have to an app and i have to sit cross legged and it's all very serious and it, and it doesn't have to be like that at all
1: exactly exactly and i i love bringing the joy into it i love that you that you mentioned that word because i think that really is the critical piece also is to, to find the joy in, in your life, no matter where you are, no matter what's happening. I think we can always find little moments of joy.
0: I agree. What are some of the natural remedies? We talked obviously about rituals and meditation. But what are some of the other natural remedies that you feel particularly can support women uh, going through this time of life? Mm.
1: That's a really great question. And um, because one of the modalities that I really, really love and have always loved is uh, herbal medicine. And I find that um, connecting with plants is a really wonderful way for women in this stage of life to, uh, to benefit their health and wellness on many different levels. And two of the categories of plant medicine or or herbal medicine that are really beneficial for women in midlife are uh, herbs for the liver and adrenals and adaptogens. Mm -hmm. So uh, liver herbs and adaptogens, I find really cover a lot of the symptoms that women are having uh, or can be experiencing at this time. So there are some really great liver herbs like dandelion and burdock and yellow dock that uh, can address the liver in a really nourishing way. Um, A lot of times people think about, okay, you know, my hormones are going through a lot of changes and they know, they might know that the liver has to metabolize The hormonal system, as well as everything that we eat, you know, the liver has a really big job of detoxing. And so, when our hormones are all over the place or we have a lot more cortisol because we're under stress, the liver can get overloaded because it has to metabolize all of the excess hormones. And so, addressing the liver is one of the first things, um, aside from just diet in general, that I usually focus on with women. And so a lot of people think, oh, I have to go on a harsh detox or a a harsh liver cleanse. And Mm -hmm. um, I take an opposite route. I want to nourish the liver. I want to just (laughs) love on the liver and give it lots and lots of nutrients because I find that a lot of the cleanses out there, even though they might be natural, can be a little harsh. Um, and at this time of our lives, I just don't think that's what we need. I think we need a lot of no. love. We need a lot of self care. Okay. We need a lot of nutrients. And so, um, so I often will use dandelion or burdock um, mm-hmm. or red clover or things that just provide a lot of minerals. They're mineral rich. They're nutrient dense, and they're specific. <laughs> and they really provide the liver with what it needs do all of these extra in you know, all this extra work that it is being asked to do during this time um, so those yes. are some great liver herbs and then um, adaptogens adaptogens are herbs that help your body adapt to stress and they do that right. yeah. through the hpa access through the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access so it is specifically addressing the hormonal system which is where we need some extra support during midlife. And so I really look to a lot of adaptogenic formulas. And, you know, with herbs, just like with foods, we need to find the, the, the right fit for each yes. client. So, you know, I don't like to give a lot of specific or a lot of general information because, you know, I want to yes. fit the herb to the woman. Yes. But there are a couple of of ones that I find that I go to again and again for women in midlife. And those are adaptogens like ashwagandha, which has a really calming effect. So when women have a lot of stress going on in their lives, that can be um, a really good fit. I also often um, go to holy basil or Tulsi as it's, it's a botanical name. And, um, that one is, can be a really great herb for women who are experiencing a lot of brain fog or Mm -hmm. memory loss, or just, they feel kind of cloudy because it can help give a lot of clarity and a lot of mental clarity, um, and energy. And then the third one that I find myself going to a lot is nettle seed. And not a lot of people know of using the seed of the stinging nettle plant. They often use the leaf, which I also do all the time. I love all parts of the nettle plant. But the (laughs) seed in particular is a really great adaptogen, especially for the adrenals and the kidneys. Mm -hmm. And when we are having a lot of stress, that raises our cortisol. And that means that our adrenals are functioning at a very high level and can get fatigued and overwhelmed. And so providing that direct support to the adrenals through nettle seed can be um, a really great option for women during this time of life. So those are just a couple of specific herbs that can address the symptoms that we're having uh, at a root level and not just, you know, cover it up, you know, as a (laughs) band-aid. solution but really can address the root cause of what's going on
0: yes and i think now i mean in the uk and i'm not sure if you're across that in fact that um medical herbalism is being highly recognized by people like the british menopause society and we're all going wow that's a big step forward actually that's Um, huge that's huge and that medical herbalists that have you know, sometimes received harsh criticism from the medical profession and now actually stepping and coming into their own and saying, well, we can work with women, but we can work with you, clinicians too, and actually create some real positive um, help and support for women, which has probably always been traditionally there anyway. I mean, it's ancient, ancient medicine. But I, you know, I hear your message that this is an individual, it's about working with the individual and what the individual needs. It's not really where I think the posh combat comes where women go to a shop and they just buy whatever over the counter. And that can work, but sometimes more often than not, it doesn't, or it can actually be detrimental.
1: Yes, it's really, I mean, er herbal medicine is extremely safe especially when compared to pharmaceutical medicine. Um, However, it works a lot better if either you know what you're doing because you've educated yourself or you work with someone who is highly trained, because then you can really get down to which specific herbs are um, specific to your constitution and your symptoms and everything that's going on in your lifestyle. So you can yes, you can definitely get down to something that's going to really work for you a lot quicker if if you have that education yourself or if you work with somebody.
0: And of course, herbs don't just work at a superficial level, do they, Vanessa? They work at a much deeper inner level.
1: Absolutely, because, you know, for the most part, herbs, many herbs are also food. And I love I love to talk about using herbs as food and food as medicine and the, you know, the, the connection between herbs and food and supporting how that supports your body. And just like, you know, food gives us the building blocks that our body needs to be healthy. Herbs do that as well. And because they're natural, because they are, you know, natural organic um, living um, organisms, our bodies um, are able to um, utilize them because they're more vo- bioavailable to us um, yes. than synthetic, um, you know, drugs or synthetic supplements are. You know, yes. our, we we connect with plants on a very deep level? They're more bioavailable yes. to us, and there's a synergy yes. there within our bodies with these plants and. So yes, I I really feel that we can have healing on a much deeper level. And mm-hmm. also there's a piece there I just want to speak to really briefly and mm-hmm. and it speaks to this deeper level of healing and that is that there's a reciprocal relationship with herbs and with plants that I think can be glossed yes. over or not acknowledged and that is that you know the plants have this medicine For us, you know that that they give to us, and the reciprocal part is that um, you know it's important to be aware of that, acknowledge it, and be and express gratitude for it, and then you know maybe even um, you know provide the environment that these herbs need so that they can flourish. You know they're giving us medicine, so we can flourish, and we can also provide the gratitude and you know, the care for their environment, so that they can also flourish. And then it just becomes this reciprocal healing yes. process that I think can address deeper levels of healing, not only within our bodies, but within the world. And, yes. you know, with Mother Earth, as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think that that is part of that really beautiful circular circle of life, almost. Mm-hmm, that that absolutely. does exist with, with with herbal medicine that it uh, that it isn't just you know take this pharmaceutical and as you said process through the liver when we want to be supporting the liver <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> rather than making the liver work harder but also yes plants are part of the natural environment and yes that's about gratitude and and a very special relationship with something that is deeply innate for us to, to sort of have plants in our lives as part of our support systems, but we are tending to the earth back. That's a very mm-hmm. beautiful way to describe that relationship, Vanessa.
1: Yes, and I think that, that um, it adds more value to our lives, not only on the level of health, but just on the level of, you know, being connected
0: to the world around us. Yeah, indeed. I wanted to ask her, you know, if you had to say some of the key steps that you think women could take towards a more natural, intuitive way to manage menopause, what would you say they were, Vanessa?
1: Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I think that I'd have to go back, number one, to um, – to tapping into your your inner knowing. I think that's really key. I think that's the first thing that is really critical in a really deep level of health and wellness. I think um, some, and then some of the practical things are, you know, looking at your diet, looking at the foods that you, you know, looking at what you're putting in your body and not just the food, but what you're bringing in, you know, yes. the energy that you bring into your body, the, you know, are you glued to social media and bringing all of that into your body or the news yes. and bringing all of this negativity into your body? You know, What are you consuming in all yes. ways yes. in your life and how can you make sure that the things that you're taking in are healthy? And actually are going to lead you to a better quality of life and maybe making some shifts or changes there. Um, yes. And then our connections, you know, our connections to, as we spoke to, you know, to the earth, to the world around us, um, but also our connections to people. Because as women, we, we need to connect. We need community. Yes. We need relationships. And really tending to those relationships and seeing where, again, we might be taking in things that are not good for us in some of our relationships and standing in our power and um, realizing that that's part of self-love and self-care is to be aware of what is contributing to your health and to your energy and to your quality of life, and what yes. is not. And being yes. able to set some standards there for, you yes. know, what what you want your life to look like. And then taking taking those actions that your intuition leads you to take.
0: That is so beautiful. I love those. I really do. <laughs> that it, and they're, they're things for us to think about because it, it that is quite a different way to approach yet a very powerful way to approach this time of life. Mm. Vanessa how can people get hold of you and learn more about the work that you do?
1: Oh thank you for asking Um, I do have a website it's herbsofgracehealingarts.com and as you mentioned you know I focus on natural health I also focus on natural beauty with my line of natural cosmetics, and I am a professional belly dance instructor. And so you can find all of those things on my website. I also have an active Facebook group called, uh, you can feel marvelous in midlife naturally. And I offer a lot of resources, um, a lot of free, um, interactive events in that Facebook group. Mm -hmm. I have one coming up next month in July, uh, a five day virtual wellness retreat. and um, so that's a place where women can go, who really just want to be in community and be able to support one another. Um, yes. So that's another great way to uh, to get in touch.
0: That is beautiful. Vanessa, thank you for such a beautiful conversation, so much wisdom and and some really great guidance for women. Uh, in an area that doesn't get talked enough about in the sort of big wide world around the power of plants and our own intuition uh, to help us to go through this time of life very differently and prepare ourselves for the next part of our life, this next long chapter of our life, the second spring.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. It's been a delightful conversation. I've really loved it.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to Thriving Through Menopause. If you like this podcast episode, please hop over to my website, thrivethroughmenopause.com, and rate and review it. And thank you if you do that, because it helps others to find the show. Want more news and views on perimenopause and menopause? Then sign up to my weekly newsletter, Heart of Menopause, over on Substack. Thank you once again for listening and see you next week for another guest interview helping you to thrive through menopause.